Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's podcast, we're finishing up here with part three of three in our quick weight loss, losing weight quickly, fast weight loss, whatever you want to call this series. We use the term or the acronym ASS, Audit Simplify Structure. Part three, we're going to be talking about structure. I just want to backtrack a little bit here and not only go over the uh, audit and the simplify before I get into the structure, but I want to talk about how I don't want this name to be hyperbole and clickbait. I'm not here to give you some special solution or formulation in which you're going to drink and lose 12 pounds out of your midsection instantly. When I say quick, what I really mean is no missteps, no misfiring. Typically what happens in people's weight loss journey is they start and something happens. That's probably why you're listening now in the first or second or third week and maybe the third month that takes them off of that road, that derails them from their goals. And typically the reasons why are things I'm going to go over now. And I want to make sure that you don't do that, that you don't hit some of those sand traps along your weight loss journey and that you're able to avoid those things. So we talked about, if you haven't listened to those episodes, I'm just going to quickly uh, summarize these. Audit is the first one in our ASS acronym. Audit your food, your lifestyle, your sleep, your medications. What does that mean? You have, should be writing down your food for at least a week or two so you're not lying to yourself so you know you're actually eating. Write down your medications. Look up all the potential side effects those medications have. If you believe they are hindering your weight loss journey, talk to your physician who provided those medications. Look at your sleep patterns. If you have to get a watch to do that, go ahead and do that. They work. You can get something like the Halo Ring. You can get Fitbits. You can get an Apple Watch. Something so you have a, a little bit of a snapshot into your sleep habits and sleep patterns. You should be sleeping seven and a half to eight and a half hours a night if you want to be healthy, if you want your body to be functioning at a normal rate. Now, the normal rate now, there are outliers, of course, in the community, uh, people who are just you know, I don't know, they have different genes than we do and they can sleep less. But typically, if you want to be healthy, you have to be sleeping around seven and a half hours or more. And auditing your lifestyle. Are you going out too much uh, on the weeknights and the weekdays? And lifestyle sort of plays into all of these categories, food and sleep. Um, are you sleeping at the right times? Are you taking too many naps during the day? Are you eating and ordering food out? Are you eating out too often? That's going to really hinder your weight loss goals long term. So auditing all that stuff, writing it down is part one so that you don't have any setbacks so that you, you, you've already been honest with yourself on the front end and what you have to do to tackle this weight loss issue because it's not easy losing weight. Okay. The second is simplify. And there's an acronym inside of that, which is called FEW. FEW just stands for food exercise and water. Let's make it simple, people. To lose weight, those are the three things you have to be focused on. When you're focused on food, of course, it's calories in, calories out, law of thermodynamics. If you're only, you know, if you're only burning 1500 calories in your base burning 1500 calories in your basal metabolic rate, which I talked about in that episode, and then maybe you're only burning another 500 calories in exercise, it's only 2000 calories you're burning. Well, if you're eating 3000 calories a day, you're in a caloric surplus, you're probably not going to be losing weight doing that all the time. You can be in a caloric surplus certain days in your weight loss journey, but you can't be in a caloric surplus more days in the month than you're in a that caloric deficit, that you're not going to lose weight that way. You have to be in a caloric deficit. This is science. But in addition to that, it's also the formulation of your diet. 100 calories isn't 100 calories isn't 100 calories. A slice of bread is 100 calories. A tablespoon of mayo is 100 calories. A can of tuna is 100 calories. They're all very different 100 calories. They do different things in your body. And I'm not going to go into all of that right now. Maybe I'll do, I have done episodes on that. I've done an episode called Fats 101, where I had a, a nutrition expert on talking all about fats. I've done episodes with Dr. Chris Swart talking about all about proteins. So those are other episodes, but I just, I have to, you know, really reiterate here that a calorie isn't a calorie. If all of your diet 
right? All your, if you're in a keto diet and you're eating bacon and mayo all day long, and I'm in a keto diet and I'm eating uh, tuna fish and beef jerky all day long, I'm going, I'm probably going to be doing better in the diet than you long-term. Maybe not just with the weight loss component, but there's also other things going on in the body. There's micronutrients that help processes run in the body. Again, our body's like a car. We need energy to make it go forward and to move, right? That's, that's our calories. That's our synonym here. But we also have other things in a car, right? You have tires. If your tires can't be flat, you have your transmission, you have your oil, all of those other things have to be going on. And that's sort of equivalent to sleep and vitamins and hormones to really give sort of a layman's analogy here. So we talked about food, exercise. The second reason why people fail, the second most reason why people fail in their diet journeys is because they get injured somewhere along the way. And maybe it's a small injury and they just don't feel like working out. Or maybe it's a major injury that hinders them from working out for a long period of time. But either way, it's because people go zero to 60. They, they get up off the couch day one, they sign up for a gym, and then, then they wrench their back. Don't do that. Just move. Focus on back. Don't do that. Just move. Focus on motion. Focus on walking. Do a light yoga. And do some sort of motion that you're used to. If you were a tennis player, then go out and play doubles tennis with your husband or wife. If you like to ride bikes, go start riding bikes. Start slowly. Build up to the weight room and hire a personal trainer if and when you have to to build you a program. And then water. I, I talked about briefly why water is important. I'm not a water nut, but you know, having somewhere between 2.5 and 3.5 mil, uh, liters a day is good. That's between 11 and 15 cups because why? It makes sure that you're drinking uh, a liquid that's better than another liquid. Meaning if you're drinking water, that means you're not drinking soda. If you're drinking water, that means you're not drinking your mocha choco bullshit coffee that has 1400 calories. Um, and then also it keeps you satiated. When you're drinking more water, you're not as hungry and that helps. And also the rehydration process in general, water is just healthy for our body. Our body's made mostly of water. Drink your water. So again, we have audit, we have simplify. Inside of simplify is the acronym FEW, food, exercise, water. Let's make it simple. And then structure, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So structure, uh, there is no more important in their diet journeys is because they actually get injured. Or I, should, I shouldn't say in their diet journeys. In their journeys to health and wellness is because they get injured. But, but the first is because of lack of structure. Now that's sort of vague. So let me break that down. Number one is they don't write down anything. So we talked about writing down your food to, to see what you're eating, but eventually you have to write down your food to keep you accountable. So for example, in my kitchen, I have a board and I write down all the dinners I'm going to have for that week. Now I don't stick to each day specifically. I can interchange any day, but for example, on Monday, I might say, okay, I'm going to have uh, shrimp, vegetable, teriyaki. And then on Tuesday, I'm going to have uh, chicken and baked beans. And if I want to have chicken and baked beans on Monday and shrimp teriyaki uh, vegetables on Tuesday, well, then I just switch Monday and Tuesday. But what, what that does is, number one, it makes me accountable for, for seeing it. I walk into my kitchen, I see that I wrote that down, but I've also gone to the grocery store and bought all of those healthy foods and have them bought all of those healthy foods and have them in my, in my fridge. So it makes me accountable from a fiscal perspective because I bought them, they're in my fridge, I'm going to want to use them and not let them go bad. And that really holds people accountable too. You have to know what holds you accountable. And for, for me, it's, I don't want to lose that money. So I buy that food. I write down all the different choices I'm going to eat for the week and I can interchange any of them. So at least my dinners are all planned. For breakfast, you should have some sort of an idea of what you're going to eat. Why? If you wake up 10 minutes late and there's nothing in your fridge, what are you going to do? You're, you are going to stop by McDonald's or Starbucks on the way to work and order something that you shouldn't be eating, at least not five days a week. And the reason why is because you had no structure in that day. If on Sunday you would have planned out your meals, if you would have bought everything from the grocery store and said, okay, I'm going to have whatever, uh, one egg and one egg white and a whole whole piece of whole wheat toast and, and a third of an avocado or something, and I'm going to eat that in the morning, 
well, then you'd be fine. And part of that, again, is structure in your day. Are you setting your specific time? Are you just waking up at a random time? Are you going to bed at a particular time? Or are you just going to bed whenever you're tired? If you don't have that structure, you are going to fail in your weight loss journey. I promise you. You're not, you are not going to succeed in a healthy manner long-term with your weight loss journey until you have structure in your life, in your day. Write down at least one meal, one whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or a snack, for, for all seven days and write it down on a board Keep it in front of you. It's going to make you feel better when you've accomplished that task. Pick a day out of the week to buy your groceries for that day. Whether you have kids or you're solo, whatever, buy everything, put it in the refrigerator, have it there so you know it. Know what time you're going to bed, set a time you're going to go to bed, set a time you're going to wake up. Controlling all of those variables allows you to be successful in your diet journey because you're not going to be making impromptu choices when things go awry because you're going to be ready for them because you've done the things on the front end to control your day. So you have to control your day. Number two in the structure is you have to build in time for failures. And what I mean by that is you have to build in time for failures. And what I mean by that is you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have failures. You're going to have that aunt and, and cousin who called you up last second and said, hey, we're, you know, we were driving through town and, you know, we're on our way to whatever. You were halfway point. We're going to stop in for a day or two. Do you mind? And they stop in and they're, you know, she's, Aunt you know, Sally brings a big uh, pumpkin pie over and you open up a bottle of wine. And before you know it, you've made bad decisions. That's going to happen. You can't beat yourself up. Life happens. So build in some, some wiggle room time, whatever your goals are, to say, I'm going to screw up here and there. I just got to let it go. You have to have amnesia in this process have to have and that's that's part of being structured is that when you're unstructured and when these curveballs come your way you don't beat yourself up you just let it go let it go aunt sally and 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 uh you know cousin bob stopped by they brought apple pie we have four glasses of wine we woke up the next morning we went out to eat for brunch i feel like my whole diet is wrecked who cares amnesia forgetters amnesia forget about it move on build that in okay and then goals i, I hit on that a little bit here you have to have some sort of structured goals, both from, I would say, a, a short-term perspective and a long-term perspective. You shouldn't just have short-term goals. You shouldn't just have long-term goals in your diet journey and your weight loss journey and your health journey. You should say, okay, well, ultimately, okay, I want to lose, let's say, 10 pounds in six weeks or something. Great. You have this goal. Well, if you don't get there, you didn't fail. Why? Because you have another goal right behind that. Well, my other goal is that I wanted to make sure that I increase the time that I was walking from seven minutes, excuse me, from, from 70 minutes a day to 90 minutes a day. So now I'm doing a 90 minute walk instead of a 70 minute walk. Well, you met one of your two goals, right? Having more short-term goals allows you to have a higher propensity, a higher chance to meet those goals, which makes you happier. And that's really what it is. With a lot of my clients, all I would do is I would get as many measurable, for certain clients, part of being a personal trainer is the personal part you have about sort of the numbers game and meeting goals. I would just measure everything I could. I didn't give a shit about them, but I knew the clients did and I wanted them to feel like they were successful. So I would I would measure their hips, their waist, their neck, their legs, their their uh, their their hips, their knee, their quad, their upper quad, their lower quad, their calves. I would do body fat measurements. I do visceral fat. I would do uh, all, all of these different things, right? Weight, then I would do like push up and uh, squat things. And I would do all these like different assessments for strength and for flexibility because ultimately I knew that they were going to be better at some of them. So they didn't need to be better at all of them, but it really keeps them on that train, right? It doesn't derail them, which I've used that term before, to their path, uh, to their journey, to, to, to continue their journey rather, 
if they're meeting some of these criteria. So if that's you, well then just have a ton of goals, have a ton of short-term goals, have a few long-term goals. And then as long as you're meeting some of them, that's really going to get you going. But, but think about your goals, have short-term goals, have long-term goals. That's where you might have to meet with a personal trainer, someone like myself or some fitness or health or nutrition registered dietitian professional and say, what, what are realistic goals here for me? is, you know, if you weigh 160 pounds, losing losing 45 pounds in a month, that's unrealistic. You shouldn't probably be doing that. It sounds unhealthy given the percentage of weight you're losing compared to the percentage of weight compared to the total weight you are now. But you have to start to look at these goals and say, what's realistic? What is not? And then also all of these structure things fuse together, right? Because those goals are inevitably going to be changed from time to time. And you have to make sure you're changing those goals and up updating those goals based on the failures, the inevitable failures that happens. When Aunt Sally stops by, when you get asked to go to that bachelor party you didn't think about or that bachelorette party you think about and you partied all weekend, when your kid's been sick for three straight days and you have to take time off work and you're not sleeping and all you want to do is wake up and eat bad food. These things are going to happen. Life happens. Let it go. Have amnesia. Move on to the next step here. But ultimately, in order to move on to, move on to the next steps and be successful, I'm working back up this list here, you have to have structure in your day. You have to write some things down. You have to know when you're going to bed. You have to know when you're waking up. You have to buy the food in advance, whatever food diet you're on. I don't care if you're on keto. I don't care if you're on low fat. You have to have that food ready because when you get hungry, if that food's not ready, you're making bad decisions. If you come home at six o'clock and you don't have that food ready and available to cook, you know what's going to happen? Not only are you going to order out, but you're also going to eat some bad snacks that are available while that food is coming to you. And that also means having food readily available for you to snack. So buying healthy snacks, whether that's beef jerky or nuts, or if you're a vegan, maybe you're, maybe you have uh, broccoli or carrots or cherries or whatever, sliced up bananas, whatever it is, having some apples, having food on you at all times, healthy protein bars. I like RX bars. They're just made of dates and egg whites. Um, on you so that you can eat those so that you're not starving when you get home, not starving when you get home. That's another huge thing I want to add into this. The structure of the day is that typically people will be fine at breakfast, at least the clients that I work with, they'll be fine at lunch. And then there's weird gap between lunch and dinner that sometimes lasts for six or seven hours. If you ate lunch at 11.45 or 12 and you don't get home till 5.30 and you're going to make dinner, you might not eat till 6.15. You know, that's, we're going on six hours now. So what you should have done is packed a healthy snack and you could eat around three o'clock to keep you somewhat satiated so that when you got to 6.15, you weren't making bad decisions when you got home and you ate that whole thing of Pringles while your baked chicken was in the oven. So we have to have structure. We have to. And whether that's, if that's difficult for you and you have a partner, you have a significant other, you have a friend to keep you accountable that you could do this together, sometimes that's the answer. Recruiting somebody to do this with you. Again, a best friend, a colleague, a husband, a wife, a daughter or son, somebody to recruit it with you. Let me go over these one more time. We have audit, audit your food, your lifestyle, your sleep, your meds. We have simplify, make things simple, simplify, make things simple here in your weight loss journey inside of the, the smaller acronym here, few food, exercise, water, understand what you're eating, understand the amount you're eating, understand that exercise should come slowly. You can't just jump into the weight room. You have to just start moving around, getting your body going. Uh, getting your ligaments and tendons sort of vascularized again, getting the blood flowing and building up that muscle and those neural patterns and the muscle memory and getting things ignited before you jump back in. If you've been somebody who's sedentary for a long time and you haven't been someone who's working out, do movements that are that your body is used to. Don't just throw yourself to the, to the wolves, so to speak, in doing difficult fitness classes. You don't want to just jump 
you know, day one into some F45 class if you haven't worked out in 10 years and you're 60 years old, let's say. And then number three here is structure. You have to have structure in your day. You have to know when you're going to sleep. You have to know when you're waking up. You have to go buy food in advance. You should be maybe writing at least some of your meals down to hold yourself accountable, to know that you have some structure in that process. You have to process. You have to build in for failures. Don't beat yourself up. Have amnesia. That's part of this structure is that you're built in time for failures in your goals. And then also speaking on goals. Lastly here, you have to have goals, short-term and long-term goals. Know yourself, assess yourself. If you're someone who needs more short-term goals, that's fine. If you're someone and we just focus more on sort of zoom out long-term goals, that's also fine. But have have multiple goals so that you can be meeting some of them in the meantime in your health and weight loss journey. I am always here to help out anybody. So if you want to send me a direct message, I'm the one who looks at the emails for social at trulyfit.app. Uh, I can talk about anything on the podcast that's currently not being talked about in the health and fitness world, whether it's me or finding an expert. That's what we try to do here on the Truly Fit Podcast is interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. So I will go out and find them anywhere I can. I like hopping on here and doing some solo episodes and speaking to you guys. I have a lot of great feedback from the solo episodes, so I will continue these things sort of in these bunches where I do one to four part series based on one particular thing in the health and fitness industry. Again, thanks for listening, and I have to shout out our sponsor before I leave here, which for this entire series is the same company. It's Skipwish, which is a free registry for all events available everywhere. You go to skipwish.com. You can sign up. You can do anniversary. You can do even, even your own list, sort of like wish lists that you want. You can build your own list out and then put it on your social medias so that when your mom, who never knows what to get you for your birthday, is looking at what to get for your birthday, she clicks on your skip wish list and she goes, oh, this is what uh, little Susie wants on her birthday. She wants this. You know, she wants these uh, fitness resistance bands. Great. I'm going to click on this. I'm going to purchase it for little Susie. So you can use this for anything, for personal wish lists or registries. You can build lists. You can find your friends list. You can share lists. They have blog and gift ideas. They have different partners where you can potentially get the 10% back on qualified gifts. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform. And feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.